I still remember that night. I was serving them. It's just us two and Miss Renfrey. And it was the night that they decided that we were going to make him president. And I'd like to feel that the food helped enable that. I'm Robin Sessingham, and this is The Zest. Citrus, seafood, Spanish flavor, and Southern charm. We're all about food in Florida. In this polarized political climate, what's one thing Republicans and Democrats can agree on? Fried chicken. Chef Art Smith talks about using food to bridge the political divide. Chef Art Smith has cooked for presidents and governors, the Dalai Lama, and the royal family. He also spent a decade as personal chef to Oprah Winfrey, and frequent appearances on her show made him a household name. But regardless of celebrity status or political party, Smith says that nearly everybody has one thing in common, a love of Southern cuisine. He says comfort food helps us let down our guard and find common ground. This two-time James Beard Award winner showcases his appreciation for Southern food at his Disney Springs restaurant, Chef Art Smith's Homecoming Florida Kitchen. He also developed the menu for Splitsville, an upscale bowling alley in Tampa. Smith spoke to the Zest producer, Dalia Colon, from his home in Jasper in North Florida, where he lives with his husband, Jesus, and their four children. I think a lot of people are most familiar with your name as Oprah Winfrey's personal chef for a number of years, but you are actually a Florida boy. So tell me a little bit about your upbringing and what foods feel most like home for you. Well, I'm a native Floridian and I am seventh generation. And, um, you know, the part of the Florida I grew up is um, rural agrarian and People are very hardworking, so the food is very reflective of, you know, the people that worked hard ate heavy, comforting food. You know, so a lot of dishes with gravies, as they refer to them here, is smothered because it's more uh, coastal. People eat a lot of rice. A lot of dishes are fried and then smothered. Um, lots and lots of vegetables that, um, and this, this, um, kind of idea of eating is really has changed drastically. I mean, people, it's, it had, it hasn't changed because of health. It's because it's changed because of the lack of the people to prepare the food. Um, sadly, much of the Southern foodways of, have been forgotten because the um, most cooks did not write their recipes down. In my family, um, there are very few cooks. And there's me, but there's just very few. And um, I preserved the food through um, my work. Um, when I worked for Oprah Winfrey, Oprah Winfrey grew up in Kosciuszko, Mississippi, and um, she grew up, the foods are the same as, as Mississippi. And you'll find in Chicago, um, when there were communities that moved 
from the south to the to the Midwest and to the north, um, due to um, the during that era for look for work and also during civil rights and you know looking for places that were that were um, safer and more accepting and understanding and these foods had traveled with them. So you, you, you find these foods, um, but, but they're rare. One of the great doyens of Southern cooking, um, and we're, you know, many of them have gone, uh, was Edna Lewis. She may be familiar with her. And, um, I mean, she always said that the food of our region was more authentic, was probably the only food of our country that we could say is really, um, part of our country. Um, that is it's that unique. Also, uh, I love Jessica Harris, and she's a historian on food and has a lot of great, meaning, wonderful things. And um, Southern food, uh, what we refer to Southern food, you look at the history of the region and the area, it was African-Americans that created the dishes in which we enjoy, which we call Southern food. You know, it wasn't until the 70s that the food was was referred to as soul food, but uh, Southern food just referred to the fact that it was food that was was made in the South, and that's what's um, for me what is has um, been important to, for me as that to take this food and present it around the world. I was noticing yesterday that Mr. Mandela's youngest daughter passed away. She's young too. She's only 59. And uh, I remember cooking for her and her father and the family in South Africa for Oprah. And, uh, and we were cooking Southern food. You know, Oprah was insistent that we prepare our food in South Africa. And um, it was, it was really amazing. I mean, it's been amazing to take recipes that have been handed down and, you know, prepare them for people. Um, you know, at first when I started on this whole mission, um, you know, I, I, I was supposed to be a piano player. I was supposed to be an artist. I was supposed to be a politician. And I didn't want to do any of that. I just wanted to cook. And I, and I think the reason why I chose food was it was something that I was passionate about. I love the fact how food makes people happy. Um, I was bullied badly growing up because I was gay. Food is medicine. I mean, food is something that really is important. When I moved to Chicago and, and, and then my life changed a lot. That's when I met Oprah. That's when, that's when I started doing a lot of parties and my neighbor, Barack Obama, um, became <laughs> nice neighbor became, to have. <laughs> yeah. My neighbor is a guy named Bill Hill, <laughs> and your neighbor was Barack Obama. <laughs> yes. Well, it was it was never planned that way. It was just we we moved to this neighborhood called Kenwood Hyde Park, and there was Barack Obama, and I met him before he was. I think he was just coming, just senator when I met him, and I met him prior in the neighborhood. But then I met him and Michelle um, formally at Oprah's. And I still remember that night. I was serving them. It's just us two and it's Renfrey. And it was the night that they decided that we were going to make him president. 
and I like to feel that the food helped enable that, you know, when he became president and, and we went to Washington, I opened a restaurant called Art and Soul. I got a lot of, you know, challenges with it because people said, you really do believe that he'll be president? I said, yes. And, um, and I said, for, for the capital known to be fairly soulless, I think there needs to be some soul. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and um, so I opened this restaurant and the restaurant was in close proximity to the capital. You could see it. And what I found was, is that many of those people who were on the hill with their bills or what, whatever would come and eat my restaurant. And, um, and I felt like regardless of what side of the fence they were on, it was help facilitating them and nourishing them. And it was quite interesting. I mean, I'd be honest with you, I probably had as much Republican business as I had Democratic business. I have a very famous saying that says, fried chicken takes no sides. (laughs) I wanted to ask you about that. I was looking on the menu for uh, Homecoming, your restaurant at Disney Springs, and I feel like there's one menu item that, correct me if I'm wrong, kind of summarizes your your culinary point of view, which is the Hallelujah Biscuit. Open-faced biscuit topped with your famous fried chicken, two over-easy eggs, pimento cheese, pecan-smoked bacon, and smothered in sawmill gravy. Your menu also has okra fries and hush puppies and donuts, and there's a whole moonshine list. Why do you think Southern cuisine is uniquely positioned to bring people together? I mean, you talked about cooking for everyone from Oprah to the Obamas to Nelson Mandela and using that platform to showcase Southern cuisine. What is it about Southern cuisine that can bring Americans and people right. from other parts of the world together? Well, I, I, I think I think it's comforting and it comes from it comes from a place of pain. <laughs> I've also served it to royalty from Prince Harry, the Evictus Games, to, and I've cooked for at least five presidents. So I've cooked for Republican administrations at the White House as well as Democratic. And um, I think because of its its comforting and its familiar ingredients, and I think they like the simplicity of it. I mean, a properly made biscuit is loved by all. A beautiful piece of fried chicken, crispy and tender and juicy, everybody loves that. Even those people that say they don't want it because of health reasons want it. But I think that what you find is, is that people who come from complicated lives choose to have food that's not complicated. Mm, That makes sense. At the end of like a stressful day, I just want to sit on the couch with a bowl of cereal. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Or a bowl of soup. Yeah. I mean, Governor Bob Graham of Florida, a very popular two-term governor, his favorite meal was a bowl of Campbell's tomato soup and a grilled cheese sandwich. And we used to take that to him at the Capitol. Now, as a chef, are you happy to serve that to someone or do you feel like you have to do more? I'm there to serve, not to give an opinion. Hmm. You know, it's like sitting at a table having a conversation and your server chimes in on your conversation. You know, you know how you feel. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're not there to add your opinion. You're there to provide a service. I mean, I have witnessed all kinds of conversations and I have heard all kinds of conversations and I've seen things and stuff. And and, and personally, I did not agree, but I, I continue to be professional and do my work. 
there had been one time and I'm not going to name it where uh, I was cooking for someone and I heard that they were not supportive of quality and and I called them up and I said unless you change your views on the quality I cannot cook for you so it's it's a it's a two-edged sword I, I can only imagine what's going on with Goya oh yeah people um, boycotting you know Goya foods because yeah. the president of Goya right. is supporting President Trump but the people that work at Goya think of all those jobs mm-hmm. you know it hurts them yeah the president of Goya is entitled to, to say whatever he wants to say and I understand this, but it is one of the world's largest Hispanic food companies, and he provides work to all those people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I once went after a company for their views, but I do believe that food is a beautiful way to take people to that place where you can sit down and communicate. You know, I travel all over the world as a food um, diplomat all over the Middle East, in Africa, China, Russia. You know, I've cooked for many people, you know, from the Dalai Lama to presidents, the royals and everything. Um, And I've always found that food always makes things better. Yeah, that's my motto. Do the royals use a fork when they eat fried chicken? Mm, I don't remember seeing him using a fork. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's good. That makes me feel better. They're they're like the rest of us. Um, right. You mentioned that you stood up for yourself and said, I cannot continue cooking for you unless you support marriage equality. What happened with that? They turned around and started supporting it and they went back to cooking. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> wow. Look at you. You're. Th- I think this is why you're so successful, because you know when to stay quiet and when to like throw your weight around. Um, you mentioned that Governor Bob Graham, Florida Governor Bob Graham, was a fan of like grilled cheese and tomato soup, which is the most comforting meal I can think of. I know you also cooked for Jeb Bush when he was Florida's governor. What did you observe about his eating habits? What I love about Jeb is is that his wife is Mexican. The children are are you know multicultural and um, they speak Spanish and English. Um, the, so the food can be Texas, um, you know, you know, or, or, you know, um, uh, or it could be, or it could be Southern, you know, I love Barbara Bush, thought she was a trip and firm and, but a really lovely person. Um, but, you know, we, we, I cooked lunch for him for his mother's foundation, the Barbara Bush foundation, which he did a program here in Florida called the celebration of reading for years and um, served a lot of fried chicken, a lot of shrimp and grits. We did a lot of very local traditional foods and uh, which he enjoyed. Um, He like Bob Graham was always constantly battling with his weight. So it's, you know, it's hard being in the public eye. It's hard being in the public eye and trying to, you know, I myself had the same thing. You know, I just lost 70 pounds. And then my whole thing is I don't want to, lo- I don't want to gain it back. So I'm like, been after, but I've cooked a few times in the White House and the Navy mess, which I enjoy. Are you familiar with the Navy mess? No. Well, there's the, the main White House, which is what one thinks of. But in addition, there's executives, there's executive offices. And Chris, um, there's a beautiful lady, Filipino lady that 
that um, Laura Bush hired, and she became the chef of the White House. And the chef of the White House did all the big banquets and things of that sort. And um, and then there's another chef who cooks for the family upstairs. And then there's the the executive offices, which is 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 run by the Navy, and they prepare food daily for all the secretaries, Secretary of State, Secretary of Treasury, Secretary of Education, et cetera. And they do a wonderful job, and it's a beautiful paneled room. Um, anyway, I several times have cooked there. I have a funny story. Um, when you cook at the Navy mess, they never really tell you who the plates are for. In these state houses, Linux China has always been probably the number one China use for um, people uh, uh, for these type of places. You know, we had the China in the governor's house and they have it in the White House. It's an American China, ivory China with gold band. But what was interesting was is that I noted that on the China that the width of the gold on the on the plate was always different. So I came to the conclusion, the higher the rank, the larger the width of the gold. And the the one with the most gold in the plate was the president. <laughs> ah, and is that is that how it is? Is that accurate? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I did want to ask, what's the difference between cooking for an individual, such as Oprah Winfrey, versus a group of people, like a state dinner or something like that? I don't think there's a big difference. I think... Um, I have so much admiration and respect for Oprah, for a woman who does so much. She's one person and she does so much. And then the state dinners and stuff, you know, they're, they to me are um, easier. But for Oprah, it's so personal with her that I, 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 you know, I really work really, really, would always work really, really hard to make sure it was absolutely perfect because I know I knew that she appreciated perfection. Um, you know, I worked for Martha Stewart and I understood about how, what was perceived as perfection. Most people don't know what perfection is. Most of us live in the kind of the average world, but people like Oprah Winfrey, nothing is never average. It's always above average. It's always, it's the best. Mm. You give them your best. But also with Oprah too, one of the great things I remembered about her was, one time we had a dinner at the house and I said to her, I said, and it was for, was for, a, for a team from her offices. And I said, Miss Winfrey, I said, what wine shall we serve? And she said, Art, we only serve our best. Whatever they want, we serve. She never, ever would distinguish the price or quality of the wine according to the people. We were all the same. and We all deserved the best. Mm, I love that. Well, as election night gets closer and closer, a lot of us are glued to the TV watching the results come in. Can you recommend a good election night snack? I make a fantastic um, turkey chili that I have served for to a lot of politicians. And I think a beautiful turkey chili with all kinds of condiments is something that's comforting and delicious. I would either do that or my mother's chicken and dumplings. Both of those recipes are great. And... Um, I, that's what I think. Um, the other stuff, you just wind up eating too much of it and you feel fat as you eat it. I'd rather eat protein and feel good about myself. 
and have yourself something good to drink. <laughs> <laughs> It'll take the edge off if, if your uh, favorite candidate doesn't pull through. Yeah. <laughs> You've alluded to it several times. So I have to ask you, how did you manage to lose 70 pounds during quarantine when the rest of us can barely button our jeans? Um, I just focus on the fact that I need to be here for my family. Um, I wasn't happy in the um, state I was in. I was not emotionally feeling well about it. And I, um, and I did it. What happened was, is a friend of mine came to visit me from Argentina, Lucas Consolier, a pro rugby player. And he came to visit me and he was here and I was complaining. So he said, let's do something about it. And I started working and COVID happened and he got stuck here. And so for the next several months, he worked with me every day, still does. I'm working with him now. He can't go home yet. Every day we work out and we did it. Wow. That's amazing. A chef and a rugby player. <laughs> I know. You know, I don't know if you've seen on social media when they have like, pick your quarantine house. I want to be in your quarantine house with a chef a uh, rugby player slash trainer. I think I heard a dog in the background. Love dogs. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, we have two. What a great quarantine house. Art Smith, thank you so much for your time. And is there anything else we didn't touch on that you wanted to mention? No, just remember that when all else fails, feed them. And remember that cake is magic. And a little cake can set you free. <laughs> a little cake can set you free. This was great. It was it was great to talk to you. Thank you for your insights and congratulations on your weight loss. That's incredible. Thank you very much, dear. That was Chef Art Smith speaking with Delia Cologne. You can find Smith's recipes for hummingbird cake, turkey chili, and his mother Addie Mae's chicken and dumpling soup on our website, thezestpodcast.com. Thanks so much for listening today. Please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already and leave us a review on iTunes if you like what you hear. I'm Robin Sussingham. Delia Colon and I produce The Zest with help from Cheyenne Jaglal and Mark Hayes. Copyright 2020, WUSF Public Media, University of South Florida.